Hey everyone, this is Heaving Bosoms, the podcast where two friends who love smooching books recap them in detail while glorying in each other's company. So, in case you haven't heard me screeching about it yet, my Kickstarter for Bonkers Romance's new Peculiar Tastes series is going live tomorrow. I'm a little overwhelmed with all of my feelings going into this because it's been such an amazing project to work on. Like we gathered a dream lineup of authors and I'm so proud of the books, all of the artists that we worked with and the way that the vision has really come to life. So you can follow the pre-launch page today so that you get notified when Katie takes it live or you can check it out throughout the month We'll be revealing the art throughout the campaign on our social media as well. This week, I'm joined by my amazing friend, Tanya. I met her when I was a freshman in college who didn't drink, curse, or have sex. So she has seen me evolve into the lewd being I am today. To tell you the truth, she also had a big hand in that transformation. We're recapping Lord of Scoundrels by Loretta Chase, and we loved it so much that it has to be two parts. Here we go. Hi. Hi. How are you? I'm good. I'm sad your background's blurry. Go show me your house. (laughs) Oh my God. I will FaceTime after this. My office is just like a hot mess. Yeah, because you just moved. Hot mess. Yes. So I've been, this is the first time I've actually blurred my background. They've all seen it. I don't know why I'm doing it right now, but I (laughs) feel like I should be professional sometimes. You know what I mean? Just a little bit. A little bit. Teensy tiny. (laughs) (laughs) Not too much though, because it freaks everybody out. It's true. Yeah. I have to still be me at the end of the day. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So how did the move go? Well, um, how did the move go? In general. It's, you know what? It's been great. And then it's also been an absolute shit show. Like, Mm -hmm. right now, we're going to maybe hear a bunch of whacking and banging and cutting down in the basement Uh because we have had two to three floods. We have had to pull up the entire floor. We had to rip out a bunch of the wall because it turns out the sewage line was pitched at the wrong angle for a minute. Okay. We have had to, there's a metric fuck ton that like we didn't expect. And it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. It's fine. It's not worth suing the old owners over just because that's like always basically impossible and takes years and costs more in lawyers than you actually get in damages. Mm-hmm. So it's fine. But if you saw them in like, the street, would you run them over a little? I would maybe punch something. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So like, I feel like I, I it's, I, we're just not settled because like we just keep yeah. on having to move things into different places so that you're we can camping. do different you're work. Camping I'm in camping. The yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So no, I get it. You know, it's fine, but it could be better. It it could be, but it's going to be. Cuz now it just it gets will. better from here. 
And a bunch of the house is like adorable and it's like cute colors that I want. And, you know, like part of the reason my office is messed up is because I've invested in like an actual recording booth that's going to be here hopefully in a few weeks. So, you know, like good shit. Good shit is going to happen, but um, it's been a mess and I've been like not quite human as a result. (laughs) Is that Yeah, no, I can understand that. No, I mean, that tracks a little bit. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Do the kids like the new space though? They do. Because it's bigger, right? It's slightly bigger. It's not that much bigger. It's like 200 square feet bigger, but... It's on a, such a quiet street and like we have a giant backyard and oh, it's it's one of those places where the kids will run out the front door and I don't freak the fuck out right. like I did at our old house because it was just so urban, you know, like there were yeah. cars whizzing by constantly. Oh, no, that's a busy. That was a busy street. Yeah. Yeah. So it's really nice because they can they can sort of be kids and I don't want to die when they go outside. <laughs> so that's really great. Really, that really great. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Meanwhile, I moved in with Sarah. Yeah. Yeah. So Sarah and I are now roomies. And by roomies, I mean I moved into her house that she totally. owns. Totally. Totally. Yeah. Which is not for real roomies, but you know, you get it. And it is hysterical because all we do is realize that people assume we're lesbians. So <laughs> that is a constant. I don't hate daily. it. Well, it's not like. I don't hate it. We're not correcting anyone because it's stupid and who cares? Right. And, you know, whatever. But what I want to explain is how do you think I would act if I bagged a doctor with tenure? Because it's not being quiet about it. Right. Absolutely. I would have that shit from the rooftops. Every day. Many PDAs. Yes, is what I'm saying. It would be, (laughs) it would be like instead of like Tanya Mel on Twitter, Mm -hmm. Taylor's version, it would be like Tanya Mel parentheses. I'm banging a doctor with tenure. That's right. It would immediately be that. Absolutely. The people on the block whose small dog we rescued when they got out, they think we're lesbians um, (laughs) all over the place. (laughs) (laughs) We just, we're just going with it. Also, my car is so bad in comparison to her car. I wonder what they think our relationship is. Oh yeah. Like if you're being punished. Right. Like, what did you do, Tanya? Right. I, I don't know. Did I trash the nicer car? Am <laughs> I like driving the, you know, beat up? Ba- like, it's just that thing of I'm like, if we're in a relationship and everybody's assuming that or in that kind of relationship, we are in a relationship. But like, yeah. if we were doing it, I would assume I would have a car that was slightly more equal to my partners. A little bit. Yes. As yeah. opposed to the shit show that I drive. <laughs> the 1999 Camry LE. Are you for real? I didn't know it was last century's car. Uh-huh. Last century. <laughs> Do you realize that all of my students last year were younger than my car? <gasps> oh, wow. My college. My college students. That's very true. Oh, my God. But everything else is good with school and everything? Yeah, I'm... Um, I'm writing my pre-pro. I'm writing my pre-pro this summer, Mm. so that's pre-prospectus. Okay. Then I get that approved. Then I do the prospectus. Then I do comprehensive exams. Then I write a dissertation, and then I make you bitches call me doctor. And then I call you Doctor T all the time. Uh 
and I'm going to want it. People act really stupid. They're like, oh, I would never. I'm like, everybody's going to do it. I'm also going to get you one of those blazers that has elbow patches. Yes. I'm going to change my Costco card. I want my Costco card to say. Dr. (laughs) Tanya Melendez. Yes. All right. Are you stoked to talk about this book? I love this book. I love this book. I love love this this book book. so much. Book is so good. (laughs) And it's so funny because it's such like, it's all the tropes. Yeah. I've read the plot of this book a million times. Mm. Those beats. Very familiar. Yes. So perfectly executed. Oh, <laughs> dumb. Start to fucking finish. I love them. I love yeah. them. I okay, love them before so much. We, before we start, can we talk about noses for a second? Yes, because I don't understand. Please. Can you yeah. educate me on this or something? Because like no. everybody thinks he's like a hideous horseman. <laughs> but like she's like, no, he's fucking hot. Everybody's stupid. Get in my pants. <laughs> I just. Okay, so. The, the big nose issue, like the kid issue is different from the adult issue. Oh, right? right. So like, we'll get to the kid stuff. Because yeah. The way this woman describes this child <laughs> is hilarious. Yeah. But, um, but the adult issue. So like, you know that one of my biggest celebrity issues I don't even call it a crush anymore. No. <laughs> it's an issue. No, it's a whole. Is in fact. It's a state of it's life. It's is Josh Charles. That's right. Man's got a famously, beak. Famously. Yeah, yes. <laughs> he does. He famously has a beak. Yeah. Right? I don't think he's of Italian descent mm. or, you know, Roman nose. So if it's you not will. a Florentine nose? Right. But it is a large honker. <laughs> uh-huh. And I immediately fell in love with that honker when I was 15 years old. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I walked in to, um, Whatchamacallit to why oh Captain My Captain. Dead Poet Society. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. I walked into Dead Poet Society, one person, and I walked out a different person who was Just in love like with Josh Charles. When you Charles. watched Purple Rain. Yeah. Well that kick started my puberty. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's what really that's two different people. <laughs> yeah, that's a different thing. Like mm-hmm. Prince started my period. Like it was yeah. like kaboom. Mm-hmm. But this was straight up. Like this wasn't even lust. This was love. That's was the difference. Deep Prince was undying lust. love. Yes. And it was partly because of the nose. So I definitely was already in love with this dude. Mm-hmm. <laughs> From moment one. Mm-hmm. From moment one. Yes. And that is partially because of noses. So I feel like part of it is, is just like, I think one thing that she really captured is like, I don't know if it's like true or not, but in British gentry media, right? All of it's like, oh, he's so good looking because he does look so English. And you're like, no, (laughs) he's got some super fucked up teeth. And like, what is going on with his jaw? And like, does he have a neck? It's always and such neck, a really and long neck. Adam's apple or whatever. A prominent. It's a prominent. Yes. Yes. She's and like a the English woman. roses or whatever. Right. And so I feel like part of it is just because he looks a tiny bit Italian instead of coming out like uh, like his, right. his father or whatever. But they. She Who I bet was hideous. Him. Oh, God. He was such a monster outside and in. Exactly. Exactly. But like she describes this child as if (laughs) 
as if he's like a circus performer that's been like deep under the earth for a very long time and like <laughs> might have more limbs than one thinks a humanoid should. <laughs> I What I pictured was that if you took Adrian Brody, the adult, um, and then just squished him down <laughs> and then merged him with a troll whose Indeed. riddles three you have to solve to cross Indeed. his bridge. That's right. That is, yeah, that is what I pictured. He did not get described as having a humpback, but it was there, it was right? Close. The subtext was humpback. Very close. Yeah. Yeah. So this poor kid. <laughs> <laughs> this poor child. Just. Oh, my God. Broke my heart. I love when I love it when I read a historical and we get yet another unwanted lesson into Victorian parenting values. <laughs> well, and I mean, listen, you know, I love a damaged man. And the, when mm-hmm. when the book comes out swinging with a prologue <laughs> that is just like, here is all his trauma started at birth, never changed, only got worse. Like, yeah, I mean, it's it's generational trauma. Right. Quite, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. But back in the day, the name for that was Mama Done Run Off. Oh, yeah. <laughs> with her West Indians lover. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so abusive he's dad. Got this, he's got this, like, old-ass abusive dad whose, like, first wife did die somehow. And so he's, like... And all like, the kids. It was typhoid. Oh, that's right. I forgot there were yeah. other kids. Okay. So yeah. he's got some And he liked those. Yeah. He liked those kids. He said that he liked those kids. Right. He liked those kids. He did have a, a fine time with that wife. You know, like she understood that a good woman lays back and thinks of England and that is how sex should happen. That she was the proper kind of wife. Okay. When I lay back and think of Tom Hardy, is that the same because he's British? Not at all, because that does get one wet. Yes. Yeah. No, he liked them bone dry. He liked them bone dry, this guy. (laughs) Okay. Helped with his friction. So he Sand could come vagina. faster. <laughs> That's the one. Yeah, he liked it like yeah. that. So mm-hmm. then he's like, uh-oh, am broke. Am a broke Marcus or whatever, Marquess. <laughs> and so I'm going to get myself a hot English or a hot Italian rich lady who's young and fertile and hot and, hot. Mm-hmm. and understands the beauty of sensuality and sexuality. Listen, dude, <laughs> if that's not what you wanted, don't you marry her. I don't understand. Well, and they also did apparently the thing where when they were courting, she was sweet. Oh, and quiet. And sure. Timid. And demure. Right. And then he dragged yeah. her. He dragged her to an English climate and she yeah. immediately rebelled, which Who's understandable. Right. Yeah. Completely yeah. understandable. He took her from everything she knew. He put her yeah. in cold ass, wet ass, proper ass England. Mm-hmm. And she promptly turned into Mount Vesuvius. I get it. Yeah. And she probably then realized he was bad at sex. Oh, my God. So she thought to herself in her beautiful young brain, she was like, oh, he's older. He knows what he's about. He has seen so many clitoris. (laughs) He knows what he's doing. And then she got there and boy. 
did he yeah. disappoint? And so, of course, he disappointed her. And, of course, she flipped the F out. So, yes. But she did get knocked up. Yeah. She did her duty. That's right. She produced right. a son. And the son is described. Oh, my God. Please read it. Please read it. His, his <laughs> heir was a wizened olive thing with large black eyes, ill-proportioned limbed, and a grossly oversized nose. Grossly. It howled. It howled. <laughs> this is not the first time a child will refer to as it. it oh, <laughs> all over the place. And frankly, I loved it. <laughs> not going to lie. It was a whole mood. <laughs> well, you can't show an emotional journey until you, you know, start referring yeah. to the child as a child. So it's that it's that leap from it to him mm. that really, you know, it becomes symbolic. It's later. illustrative, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> That's a fancy word for it did the thing. Thanks. <laughs> I think it does it. But like, you know, he can't deny that it's his because it's got the same birthmark. Yep. Did you think the birthmark was going to come back up again, though? I did. It was so specific. It was like an archery thing. I'm wondering if it's in the other books. Maybe. Oh, I didn't think about it. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, that somewhere down the line, there's another birthmark because it was a very intentional drop. Mm, mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. So she then fucks off. She absconds. She promptly finds a lover and he does take her on a ship as far away as she can possibly go. And yep. this absolute monster just tells the kid, like, your mom's dead. She's a whore. She did leave and she's going to burn in hell forever. Go read some Latin. I never want to <laughs> see you again. <laughs> And, like, understandably, this poor child, he's eight. Isn't he eight? Yeah, he's about eight years old. He's and, she's um, a baby. Ugh. Yeah, and he's he's not really at the point where he can understand biblical symbolism. No. <laughs> so when you tell an eight-year-old that their mother is going to go to hell and get torn apart by dogs for being a Jezebel, that's the he one. might think that's literal. Yeah. Yeah. And so yeah. he does howl again. Okay. And like, again, I relate. So <laughs> the only person who's nice to him is like the cook. And she finally, you know, brings him to her bosom and is like, it's going to be okay. But then he gets packed off to Eaton as soon as yes. possible so that his dad doesn't have to deal with him anymore. And then those boys are super mean to him because he has a giant Italian nose, I guess, question mark. <laughs> and yes. then they like put him, they try to put him in a privy, but his big burly shoulders won't fit. Yeah. They stick his head in the toilet. That's the one. Yeah. Yeah. They torture him. Like they, they are beating the crap out of him. All the time. And he is just throwing it back in their faces. This is the Immediately. kid. This kid is half of their size, yeah. looks completely different, yeah. apparently has a nose that one can only describe as Toucan Sam goes right? to London. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and so he's getting tortured by his classmates. And this continues for a year. Uh -huh. And of course, it, I mean, I don't think that they would solve it now at Eaton, let alone no. back then. <laughs> like, no, but they could smell the fact that nobody was going to defend him. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like there was yeah. a miasma of abandonment around this poor kid. Mm -hmm. So 
Anyway, finally, he does like beat the tar out of somebody and gain their respect or whatever. And then he manages to become their like their like funny, ugly friend who's yeah. mean to everyone. And then, you know, he does do the bullying to other people so that he mm-hmm. can stay on the top of the social hierarchy and all the business. And then and when he's, he's 13. 13. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. It, OK, so the <laughs> obvious birthday present for a 13 year old. I mean, it's it's in one of those um, the etiquette, etiquette books, right? Etiquette guys, yes, yes. That's it's the one. right after the chapter on the language of flowers. Ugh. It's right after that, mm. right? Like you know, and then you turn the page and it says uh, proper gifts for a thirteen-year-old mm-hmm. hookers. One one busty sex worker. <laughs> well, and that's the thing, right? Like. <laughs> They call them tarts, which I, yeah. it's like, I'm glad that they're not, and trollops. I'm, and I'm glad that it, we got to skip the years of like other terminology, right? Like mm-hmm. hooker, like, you know, that we get to skip because that's when it sounds actually like, I feel like we had tart and trollop yes. and um, a couple of other Cyprian, Cyprianic. I can't remember. Oh, something, yeah, 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 yeah. And then you get like 300 years of really awful language and then you get to sex workers. So it's like- <laughs> completely, completely. Yeah. Yeah. So we're in the tart yeah. times. Yeah. And that's charming. Sorry. It is. It is. I'm I love say a tart. It. It's charming. I love a tart. I am a tart, I think. <laughs> I think I'm certainly a trollop. Oh, I mean, Avi. Come on. Yeah. You've been so- a trollop since like 08. <laughs> it's the one. Yeah. Roughly. <laughs> So, okay. So then she looks at him and she's like, that's the most disgusting thing I've ever seen in my life. I'm not letting him touch me. And he's like, I'll pay you three times what you asked for, I guess. And she's like, you can touch me. (laughs) (laughs) And it's sad town. It doesn't do great. It does. No, because he learns the lesson is that he's going to be rejected. The only path is money. Yeah. Money will get him the relationships he can buy. It won't right. get him what he wants, but it'll get him the relationships he can buy and he can trust in that. Yeah, he almost manages to convince himself that the relationships he can buy are the only relationships he wants. Yes. But like we all know that's super not true. Yes. Super not true. But, you know, it's it's she's coming, but not yet. But it's yet. like I do appreciate that he now gets to tie that feeling about sex and money together. Because that's going to form a well-adjusted adult. (laughs) Absolutely. Oh, my gosh. Mm -hmm. He is he's just going to be so mature and so elevated amongst his peers, you know? Yes. So. okay, wait, hold on. Can we talk? Yeah. yeah, Before we get there, can we talk about how British aristocracy rebel for a second? Mm hmm. Because there's a whole plot point where his dad sends him like the first letter he's gotten his whole life, basically. And it's all, I already arranged that you're getting, you're going to go to Cambridge. That's the one. Yeah. And he is like, fuck you. I will take this money I intended to buy a racehorse with that I have been gambling, I'm making through gambling. And I will go to the traditional place that our family goes, which is Oxford. That's right. And I read this paragraph, <laughs> deeply amused. No, oh, this yes. is how the British aristocracy rebel and fight. Uh-huh. You are not going to go to Cambridge. You're going to go to Oxford. <laughs> That'll show. Well, first of all, like he's like, sure, I sent you to Eton. 
but I am not spending my money to send that nose to Oxford. That's for darn sure. And then he was like, oh, fuck you. I don't need you. I'll go to Oxford all by my damn self. And then, you know, he did make it happen. But that is another, that's another one of the things. Like, he looks at money as not only a way to get him the sort of like, you know, the physical touch and and other physical trappings of a good life, but it's also a way to be like, I showed you, dad. Wow. Like <laughs> his dad, on the other hand, has just like let the whole estate go to seed. And he's like, yeah. I'm going to leave this motherfucker with pennies. I'm going to leave him so in debt because he sucks and he's half Italian and stuff by my design, <laughs> this weird man. And then he's just like, no, I'm going to turn this this family and this whole legacy or whatever into the richest, most successfulest ever, dad. That's how I'm doing it these days. And I just the whole thing was so many layers of hilarious to me. Yeah. In yes. like the trauma way, you know. Right. In the, yeah. in the in the emotional trauma, but literally hilarious way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just want a moment in my life to come where I look at someone and say, all right, you know what I'm going to do? I'm just not going to buy that racehorse. Yeah. And then I'm going to do the thing you don't want me to do because fuck you. I need that in my life. I need that moment. I guess I'm going to put off my dreams of owning a racehorse <laughs> for two to three years. Yes. Okay. And I'm going to do that spend to millions. show you. I want to spend millions on an animal <laughs> whose legs are so fragile. Oh, my God. They're so fragile. Little toothpicks. I need 2,000 pounds on four toothpicks <laughs> that also needs to get fed every day. Mm. Like, that's mm. really, those are my financial goals. Like, you know, when, like, the commercials for, like, financial places, where yeah. they say, what are your goals? <laughs> Yeah. I would like a ton of horse on four toothpicks, please. That's what I want. Give it. it to me. What would you name a racehorse? Mm, sassafras, I think. <laughs> That's the first thing that came into my mind. <laughs> sassafras. I don't hate that. Sassafras yeah. is good. Sassafras what would you is name very horse? good. <laughs> Idiosyncratic. Ooh. I like Listen, that. I think the key is how does it sound when they're announcing it? And I mm. want to cram as many syllables in there to make those poor announcers crazy. Most definitely. <laughs> Most definitely. Idiosyncratic yeah. is great. Yeah. Idiosyncratic and sassafras. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Let's oh, go yeah. racing. They're going to tie every time. They're both <laughs> so good. And they're friends. <laughs> and they're pals. They are. <laughs> They like to be next to each other. It's true. <laughs> oh, hey, HBs. I don't know if you've heard, but we have a Patreon. For as little as $5 a month, you get over 150 bonus episodes, most of which include Aaron, videos of regular episodes, author hangouts, and so much more. Do you want to hear Aaron and I recap every single episode of Crash Landing on You? What about a little film called Psycho Stripper? Do you want more recaps of ridiculous Thanksgiving and other holiday books and movies? And how do you feel about Naima Simone and I recapping amazing reality TV? All of that and more is on the Patreon. 
There's so much content at your fingertips as soon as you sign up. Seriously, hours and hours. Anyway, it's patreon.com forward slash heaving bosoms podcast if you want to check it out. And of course, that link is in the show notes. Keep being a badass. <sighs> okay. So, all right. Okay. So now we have to go into now times. Now times? Yes. It, it's lame is times. It's lame is times. It is lame is times. Yeah. It's yeah. Like, well, it's post lame is times, but yes. 1820s. Right? Yeah. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. It's around the time. Yeah. We're not going to see the gross people, though. No, like, there's not a gross person in sight. Nobody is yeah. singing one day more. No, anywhere we're on the other side of Paris. All over this the other thing. side of Paris. <laughs> so, yeah. okay, so we're in Paris and Bertie Trent has done fucked up all over the place. Oh, uh, Bertie, Bertie Trent. Trent is this dumb ass gentleman <laughs> who, and I mean dumb. Like, I he don't dumb. say that in a pejorative way, it is merely descriptive. I'm He's saying it so pejoratively. He's dumb. dumb. Well, I mean, it works both ways. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. So it's an accurate insult is what I'm is. saying. It is. <laughs> yeah. So his sister has to come and save the day because he is very, very quickly swirling down the toilet of financial <laughs> and social ruin before they even had toilets, everyone. OK, this is a feat. Yeah. So she's there. Her name is Jessica. And she's like, Bertie, you got to stop fucking around with the Marquess of Dane. OK. OK. Is it Marquess? I don't know, Tanya. Neither I never I. know. Marcus. Do I? <laughs> I think it's Marquess simply because mm -hmm. the English were like, we're going to take your titles and then we're going to fuck with them until they're super <laughs> English. Okay, well, let's say it in a British accent. The Marquess. That's not the an Marquess English accent. Of the Marquess of Dane. You're not even doing an accent. You just like I'm to go whoop, whoop, whoop. It's true. Whoop. It's true. <laughs> it's that your whole body moves. It's, that's what it is. Like, you just, it's a whole oh, yeah, There's eyebrow up. stuff that happens. Listen, it's very intricate over here. Whereas my problem is when I do British, I immediately go Cockney. I'm like, hello, mm. governor. Hello, governor. Cheese on toast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pit bit cheerio. Okay. The Marquess. Like, yeah. I'm always I'm always the kid in Phantom of the Opera <laughs> that runs in, the little cockney mm -hmm. fucker that mm -hmm. runs in is like Christine Daae will do it, sir. That's always me every time. Okay, so remember that his, by the way, Bertie's servant, his manservant is who ratted him out to Jessica. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Withers. Withers is like she's the only competent person that's in the family. Yep. She can shoot. She knows monies. She's super yep. smart. I love her so much. And she has to save us all. Yes. And, and she's so, the only female in the family. Yes. So there's Grandma Genevieve mm. and Jessica who show up to Paris. And she's so she has handled all of her brothers, all yep. of her cousins who are all male. Everybody yep. in that generation is male except for her. So mm -hmm. now here she is, 27 years old. And she is gorgeous, of course. Of course. Um, of course. Totally gorgeous. Of course. I'm totally gorgeous. But also She's smart. completely and utterly over all men. She's yes. just like, I found out at a very young age that the secret to happiness is never, ever chaining yourself to a fucking man. Because yeah. she had to deal with all of her 
her relatives. And it's really funny to me. I love it. Well, this is like when someone has a lot of siblings and they're the oldest and they're like, I'm good. No kids. Thank you. Right. Mm -hmm. Like they're like, I got my fill. Yeah. Sometimes that's just the natural reaction. It is. Having been a caregiver. Absolutely. My reaction was different, but similar. And it was, I'm going to be so careful and petrified of getting pregnant until Mm -hmm. I feel like I have everything just in a row and set and ready. And then even then I could probably wait a year, but I I do want kids. I just don't want them when I'm like, I understand what it means (laughs) in a way Um, that a lot of people don't. (laughs) It is. It is amazing to me how people do not realize that you just are not going to sleep for six years. Yeah. That's it. Like, That's the whole game. Oh, my God. Oh, my yeah, God. Just picture picture your most hungover day and then ever as a 20 something and then oh. picture a baby demanding things. Oh, yeah. While that's oh, yeah. happening. That is what motherhood it looks. And I am yeah. not a mother on purpose because I Correct. was like, I'm not doing this until I. Yeah, think I'm ready. And then I was like, turns out not ready. So yeah, but that's okay. You had two for me. So I did. And they love you. Um, and that's because Aunt Tanya is, is a really good aunt. Like I love, I love babies. I -hmm. love babies. And I want to see all the videos and pictures all the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Anybody, anybody can bring me babies. That's the point. Always bring me to me. So she's like, I'm not getting married, but she and her grandmother are very, very close. And her grandmother has always been described as a femme fatale, (laughs) as the audiobook put it, which I really loved. Yes. And basically, she's got a magic pussy and Mm -hmm. um, Jessica has inherited that. She just doesn't sling it around, you know? Yes. Yes. So she's like, Bertie, you got to stop fucking up because you're you're spending all of our money and I'm going to go into trade. Okay, and he's like, yeah, my sister will not go into (laughs) trade. This bitch is eBay. She is eBay. She wants to be eBay so bad. She is an authorized Amazon reseller. Right. The one. She is the French Facebook marketplace. She is on her game. She looks at something in a shop. She figures out that it can be resold for a much higher value. She has been doing like London picker Mm -hmm. attic show, all of it. And she's been doing that. To fund Birdie's bullshit. Yeah. Honestly. And all she wants is her own shop. Right. And yeah. so she's like, I don't know how you're going to fucking stop me, first of all, because I am <laughs> so much more competent on every level than you are. And like, how do you expect us to just be like lazy gentry when we don't have any money anymore, Birdie? <laughs> because you've drunk and gambled it all away. Yep. And he's a dummy. And so she's like trying to figure out a way to get him away from this Marquis of Dane. So the next scene we see is them going into Champtois thrift store, basically. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. Ye old Champtois thrift store. Champtois thrift store. His palace of curiosities. I mean, seriously, though. And the Marquis of Dane is there. So Bertie's like, oh, Chip Cheerio, look who I found over here. <laughs> and uh, it talks all it's the time. It's <laughs> Yeah. It's all the time talking about how he thinks his conspiratorial whisper is really low when actually you can hear it like across a rugby field, which I find yeah. so funny and um, familiar. Yeah. I was going to say, <laughs> you and I are both... <laughs> 
well known for thinking we're whispering. Oh boy. <laughs> really just and we are not announcing whispering. things to the room is what we're doing. So, all right. So the Marquis of Dane is there and he meets Jessica in this moment. And he does so because he's like, oh, Bertie, don't do silly things like try to count. Birdie, like you can't, you can't come into a shop like this. And, and Birdie's even saying that he's like, oh, I just, uh, you know, you have to think about what's half and what's double and what's blur, blur, blur. And, <laughs> and then, and then he's like, he thinks that she is his like trollop of the day or something. And so he's like, oh, are you in here getting a, a gift for your lady over there? Oh, hold on. No, he cannot yet see Jessica. No, he can't. She's in some sort of overcoat kind of situation and mm-hmm. her head's got red and big bonnet. Lots of stuff Flouncy. all over her. Yeah. And, you know, so and she's bent over cases. She's starting to look at stuff. So he does not see her as he starts his conversation being like, oh, you're buying your bit of fluff, a little something, something. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yes. And so actually, I want to find I loved this. This exchange. Mm-hmm. No, I know where you're at. Because it's also highlighted. He, yeah, 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 yeah. And so he's like, I recommend that you resist the temptation to count if you're contemplating a gift for your cher ami or something. <laughs> and <laughs> and he's like, women deal in a higher mathematical realm than men, especially when it comes to gifts. And she goes, that birdie is a consequence of the feminine brain having reached a more advanced state of development, said the female without looking up. She recognizes that the selection of a gift requires the balancing of a profoundly complicated moral, psychological, aesthetic, and sentimental equation. I should not recommend that a mere male attempt to involve himself in the delicate process of balancing it, especially by the primitive method of counting. <laughs> and then it says, for one unsettling moment, it seemed to Lord Dane that someone had just shoved his head into a privy. He's <laughs> like, oh no, he's like breaking out and in, he's like clammy and he's like, oh God, is that so hot? What's happening? It's sexy over there. Oh no. Yeah. <laughs> it's very surprisingly his, sexy. His world has been turned upside down once again, just mm-hmm. from her being smart. Not from her being hot yet. No. Just from her being smart. But then she does turn around because he asks to be introduced. And he's like, yeah, that's my terrible sister who's terrible. And she will (laughs) just like cut you down verbally as soon as she can. So then they're chatting and he's like, well, I think it's your turn to talk. Like, aren't you? Aren't you going to talk about the weather or another like acceptable way to start a conversation? Mm -hmm. And she's like, your eyes are so very black. Like, I feel like they're a deep shade of brown, but wow, they are. They are just dark and stormy Mm -hmm. and deep and stuff. And he's like, okay, stunned. Yeah, too stunned to speak. He could not take it. No. He describes it as a quick stabbing sensation in the environments of his diaphragm or his belly. He couldn't tell. He couldn't tell. He couldn't tell. And he's like, my breakfast must have disagreed with me. All that, all that pickled herring or whatever the British eat. That's gross. (laughs) So (laughs) breakfast herring can be delightful. I'm sure I can't even sell it. No, it's not. No, no, not for this guy. That's the wrong fish for breakfast. That's nasty. (laughs) Um, 
So he, by the way, self-describes as Lord Beelzebub, by the way. Like, he has picked up the childhood nicknames, and he has leaned all the way in, and he's like, I don't know what the hell's going on inside of my person right now, but I am Lord Beelzebub, and I will not be dealing with this. She is just a lady. I can handle my shit. And he Mm -hmm. cannot handle his shit. He can't. Spoiler. He cannot handle his shit. From start to finish, cannot handle it. Yeah. It's done. Yeah. He's already done. He doesn't even know he's already done. Yeah. So he tries to be like condescending and like shock her about a watch that she's looking at because she wants to get her, her grandmother Genevieve a watch for her birthday. And he's like, oh, well, if you look at it closely, if you turn the you wind the this and peel back the that, the dress <laughs> of the lady opens up and there is a man performing cunnilingus under there. And she's like... Oh, yes, absolutely. And it looks like it's scratched over here and like blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. And he's like, this woman knew exactly what it was the whole time. She also ah. refers to it as a lover's service. <laughs> 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 Which I'm like, that is an excellent way to explain the obligation of said act. I like yes. that. I like yeah. it a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then she sees like another little painting and she's like, Whoa, I think I need this painting. It she, The lady looks like maybe she's happy, maybe she's sad on it. I don't know. And he's like, that has mold all over it. And it's gross and dirty. Mm-hmm. And like, why? And she's like, well, then I'll get it for like a quarter of the price. The asking price is what I'm going to do over here. Mm-hmm. And so she talks like legendary Champtois down. And he's <laughs> like, it, Lord Dane thinks to himself, if it had been one moment more, like, Chemtois would have been paying her just to take <laughs> it and leave. I mean, and he's it very made impressed. me miss. It, did it make me desperately miss going to Chinatown, Chinatown? for purses? Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's what it made me, because it was a hard bargain scene. And I love a bargain. I yeah. love negotiating. Yeah. So, yeah. Do you remember did. when she, we got my baby stealing purse for, like, seven bucks? Yeah. Incredible yes. stuff. Okay. Sh- the trick, I'm going to... I'm going to tell listener the trick. Oh my gosh. Bing, boom, bong. <laughs> so money saving with is, Tanya. When you go to Chinatown in New York or assume any other Chinatown situation in large cities where they do outdoor stalls, basically yeah. indoor, outdoor stalls of purses, bags, etc. The key is don't walk in there until you see a gaggle of tourists. Mm-hmm. Right. Like you want to walk in to one place where they're dealing with a bunch of obvious tourists. And then you want to look at the person and pick up a bag and go, I want this one. And they'll say something like $60. And then you say, no, let's do 30. And the moment they realize that you are going to bargain, they want you to shut the hell up. They need you to leave. They do not like all those tourists hearing that they can bargain. Mm-hmm. So they were more likely to give in very, very quickly if you do that. So mm-hmm. always enter those doors attached to a pack of women who seem to be from a large suburban part Iowa. of a large city. Yes. Yeah. The Des Moines suburb contingent Indeed. is who you want to follow into that store. <laughs> yep. There you go. There's your, there's your tip. There's, there's shopping for a bargain with time. <laughs> Okay, so he's beside himself. He doesn't know what to do. And they end up like parting ways or whatever. And then fast forward, she finds out that this thing is like worth actual money. Yep. She has it appraised and Le Frevre 
does appraise it. Lefebvre. Does appraise it for so many monies. And she's like, don't, Birdie, don't tell anyone. Like, Birdie, I'm going to go put it in a safe deposit box and, like, you're going to shut the fuck up. And he's yeah. like, no, I'm not. I'm a bumbling fool. Yes. So he goes and, <laughs> and immediately finds Lord Dane. And he's like, And Dane. all of his friends and all of his shitty friends, right? So oh. there's, like, this pack that he's in charge of. So Dane's mm-hmm. running with this pack of, you know, useless nobility, right? Yeah, yeah completely. Like just... Just yeah, useless reprobates who are at the upper crust of society. <laughs> yes, just like I don't even know how, what is the modern equip like. Is it Boat Leo's? Shoes. Po- no, it's Leo DiCaprio's Pussy Posse. <gasps> That's what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, mm-hmm. that is what this is. Yeah, and he is a really a supposed to be hideous Leo. Right, right. Yeah. And, there we go. And neither of them are the neither of them are accurate. Yes. And, that's not and accurate Bertie for... is the sad little dumb one. He's like the Casey Affleck. So he <laughs> so true. <laughs> so oh he runs right back and he tries to impress them by being like that picture my sister got is actually worth thousands upon thousands of Pounds. whatever monies. Pounds? Yeah. We, yeah, we're in pounds. Okay, we're pounding. Yeah. 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 So so then he's like, and I want you to be able to get a look at it because Dane is like famously, he famously loves to collect like art and beautiful curiosities and all the things. And so he's mm-hmm. like, I mean, I, I'd like my friend to get the first stab at it really if I possibly can. So then they meet at a coffee shop and she's like, God bless a fucking America. Why did Bertie do this to me? Now I have to deal with Dane. Okay, but we have to go back. I'm so sorry, oh, but there's actually no. a plot point. There's a plot oh, point. So after he hears about this, he's mm-hmm. really pissed, and he's with his pussy posse, and he's you know with a sex worker, and he's like, let's go bang it out. And the sex worker takes him upstairs, <gasps> yes. and he is like, something's off. And then he finds a peephole. Mm. And on the other side of that peephole is, in fact, one of his supposed friends. Mm-hmm. A fellow Beaumont. called Lord Beaumont. A little Beaumont. And uh-huh. Lord Beaumont is um, apparently getting his jollies by secretly and non-consensually watching his friends do it. Yeah. Which is, in fact, inappropriate behavior. It's weird. So he Gotta beats the crap consent. out of him and sends him on his way. So that actually is going to come back because now Beaumont is, you know, the usual humiliated, mad, blah, 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 blah. Okay. Now let's go to the coffee shop. Okay, so now we're at a coffee shop, and he's like, I'll give you, like, he's like, I bet it's worth 50 pounds. And she's like, that's insulting. Lefebvre said that a (laughs) Russian czar would give his, like, left and right nuts for it. So, no, that's definitely not going to happen. And uh, she's like, but I will give it to you, but I have one condition. And that is you need to let go of Bertie. You need to tell him off. You need to send him back to England. You need to just please help me with this. And he is so mad. It says that he's like reverted back to his childhood self. And like, he's like, I've offered a toy trade and she has laughed at my toy and will not even consider it. And now I'm mad. And so it says that, like, if he were in his right state of mind, he would realize that this is a fucking awesome deal because he wants to get rid of Birdie anyway. But he can't because this woman has tried to one up him and control him and, like, work him. And he thinks that by her doing that, by her trying to one up him, that she's 
saying he's not worthy, right? Like it is that back to right. he's a broken, broken boy. He's yeah. just he's just a little broken boy. Yeah, a little sad toucan. So sad it's toucan can't handle Mm-mm. any form of like counteract response to his no. shit. Like it's either take it or don't take it. And if you try to negotiate, then you're putting him down. And he's a very sad person. And yeah. he reacts to that by immediately being like, I'm going to fuck with this woman. What mm-hmm. he doesn't know <clears throat> is that she has already identified that she wants to bang him a lot. Oh, my God. After their first meeting, she goes back to her grandmother and she's like, I have an animal attraction to him. This is the worst. He's the worst guy to, like, have these feelings for. This is incredibly inconvenient, she says. (laughs) And her grandmother's like, "Okay, but you should marry him, though. Like, set your sink your teeth in, like, get him on side and like marry the fuck out of him and she's like Genevieve I'm not doing that I'm gonna be (laughs) I'm gonna be free forever that's what I'm gonna be my god could you imagine if you married the first person you felt lust for oh god oh no (laughs) not great absolutely not not great (laughs) yeah that's the downside of Facebook we know what happened to them (laughs) so she's wearing really fancy gloves as you Mm. do in Lamest Times. Yes. And there's dozens of little buttons going up and down her arms to seal these suckers. And she is eating cake with her gloves on. And he's like, yeah. damn, bitch, you can't eat cake <laughs> with your gloves off. Just take yeah. off your gloves. And she's like, I cannot take off my gloves because there are 14,000 buttons on my gloves. And Genevieve bought them for me. And it would hurt her feelings if I didn't wear the stupid gloves. Right. So he's like, all right. Now I'm going to fuck with this lady and yeah. grabs her arm. Well, because he says he says you either take the money I'm offering you, which is now fifteen hundred pounds, P.S., mm-hmm. or I'm going to ruin you in the middle of this coffee shop and everywhere else. Ruination. Ruination. <laughs> and so she's like, I would I should like to see you try is a through line of this book that I absolutely love. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, he reaches over and he starts undoing the buttons of these intricate gloves while speaking like sexy Italian. But really, he's talking about like drains (laughs) and floods. But then he sees that like she's kind of reacting a little bit to it. And like by button six, he's breathing a little bit hard. And then he starts talking about in Italian how he like actually does want to unbutton like every single one of her garments and like take it off and maybe bump uglies a tiny bit. And at the end of it, he takes off her glove and it's like these this series of three tugs that are so sexy on the page. It's nuts. Everything sounds hot. Everything sounds hot. It all works for me. Also, Mm -hmm. though, she speaks Latin and he knows that she speaks Latin because they've already done like the literary. Yeah, right. They've done the literary standard trope of I'm going to say something in Latin. Someone's going to respond with the exact same. Yeah. Monk in Latin. And so they've done that game. Italian's pretty close, especially this. I would I would be concerned she would figure it out. I know. Same. He's not, though. Boy. <laughs> he is focused on the seduction angle. Yeah, yeah. And all of the ruination. Yeah, and by the end of this, she's like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> and he's like, You're sorry. But why though? You're ruined. <laughs> I'm fine. Hey. And she's like, 
No. Everybody in this coffee shop did just see Lord Beelzebub seduce a blue stocking. Like, I'm a lady, Mm -hmm. man. And you're coming after it pretty serious. Like, and everybody saw it. And so it's your reputation, I think, actually, that's super fucked right now. Um, <laughs> yeah, wow, and then he's what a like, miscalculation. Like, I didn't realize that Italian was so amazing and moving. And he goes, I was talking about drains. And she <laughs> says, I didn't know that. I don't think they knew that. Nobody so, um, knew that. <laughs> yeah, you are trying to bang Bertie Trent's spinster sister in front of everybody. Everybody knows it. Oh, no. Lord <laughs> Your ruination. Yeah. Yeah. So he's still holding her hand through all of this. And she's Birdie like. comes back. Well, not yet, because she's like, oh. give me give my hand back. And if you don't oh, give yeah. me my hand back, I will kiss you in front of God and everybody. I will. And he says, I'd like to see you try. <gasps> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So then Bertie shows up. Yeah, and Bertie's like, God damn it, can you stop hitting on all of my friends? Jesus. Bertie's like, you're the such worst. A, <laughs> you're such a trollop for being a spinster. And <laughs> then then she laughs. I think it's something he says to Bertie, but of course, he's got his hackles up because things have gone awry and he did not see it coming. And so he thinks that she's laughing at him again. And so yep. now he gets like extra super duper pissed. And he's like, you know what? Fuck that and fuck you. Now I'm going to make it my mission to ruin Bertie financially, not in the downstairs parts. And so he's like, (laughs) Bertie, why don't you come out and we'll bet on horses and we'll pay too much money for tarts and Mm -hmm. we'll do some card games that really fuck you up. And you'll drink so much that you might die. And Bertie's like, cannot wait. Unce, 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 unce. <laughs> He's described as a bacon brain. He's a gullible bacon brain who oh. thinks now that he's besties with Dane. And he's not besties. He's super not. At all. No. <laughs> not even close. No. Hey, HBs. I started an Etsy store. Did you know? Right now, it's full of all the St. Vincent items you need. Because St. Vincent is thoughtful and cozy all year round. We've got a book sleeve to keep your books, planners, e-readers, or really anything else safe when you're on the go. The inside is fuzzy and they feel so incredibly lush in your hands. I went round and round with the manufacturers to make sure I had just the right thickness. Those feature art of St. Vincent and Evie during their carriage adventure that was painted by the amazing Mayara Faraz on one side, and then I created a St. Vincent would always wreath on the other side that has a bunch of little Easter egg items in it. There's a St. Vincent would always warm brick enamel pin. It's like, you know, if you know, you know. I designed a special edition marriage of convenience candle that is specific to Devil in Winter with the help of HB Jen at Post Pouring Company. It combines dark amber for St. Vincent and rosewood for Evie. And it smells so delicious. It's hard to even wrap my brain around. So if you want to treat yourself or be the St. Vincent you want to see in the world by getting a care package for a friend, check out our Etsy store. 
The link is in the show notes. So then we get a scene with Beaumont and Vautry, right? And Vautry's like... yes. And and so... Yeah, I had not yet figured out how to say that out loud. It's Vautry, yeah. It's Vautry, yeah. So Beaumont is like, hey, Vautry, I think that there's some ish happening with Lord Dane and that they're spinster. And so I'm going to bet you many hundreds of pounds that within seven days, he's going to like chase her when she huffs away. And Vautry's like, oh, Lord Dane doesn't chase anyone. Beelzebub especially never. Never. And a so, lady. Yeah. So he takes a bet and um, it's a mistake because six yeah. days later, <laughs> he, like Birdie hasn't come home to like take her to a party. I think. Yeah. She's supposed to go to a party. She needs to be escorted. He said he would show up and he hasn't. God. And now she has had enough. She's of done his with it. Bullshit. Yeah. And she heads right over mm-hmm. to the Pussy Posse Central House. That's of the one. Dane's, that house. And she is just like, we're going in. And the footman, when she <laughs> shows up and she's like, get me to my brother, he's like, oh, no, I will be dead. I can't I do that. I cannot go up there. I won't and be unemployed. She- I'll be super dead. Yeah, and she's already pissed because she had sent a porter over, and that porter got sort of tossed back onto the street. But yeah. then she hears a gunshot upstairs and has had enough, and she runs up because now she thinks her dumbass brother's gotten in the way of a bullet. Oh, yeah. And so she's going to go figure it out, and she walks in <laughs> to just mayhem. Roman, you know, old-fashioned. Yeah, like just straight up. People are banging it out to the left. People are there to the right. There's there's two ladies sitting on Beelzebub's lap and her brother is splayed out on the ground. And so she's like, oh, birdie, (laughs) and runs over to him. And she like, Mm -hmm. you know, is about to do CPR or like staunch the blood or whatever. It turns out that he is just snoring passed out on the ground. Yeah. And so then I love her so much because it says in the inner monologue, like she stands up and she's like, it says like she wasn't overcome by her current environment because she had seen many an adolescent bottom (laughs) because her cousins (laughs) think that's funny. And like, she's seen a tiny toddler penis when all the times that she's done blah, blah, blah. And so she's like, I am feeling really jealous because of those tarts that are sitting on his lap. And like, they don't look anything like me. And I don't like that either because those Mm -hmm. are the ones he chose. But then she's like, they're just business women doing what they are paid (laughs) to do. Exactly. She's like, she's like warring with herself. It's so funny. And then she looks at everybody and she's like, well, my apologies. I thought he was dead. Carry on. And she just fucks (laughs) off. And it's such a power move, Tanya. Oh, and and not and what I love is that it's not even an intentional power move, right? Like this is no. just her personality. She yeah. has seen what she needed to see. She is now going to leave. She will kill her brother another day. But of course, this sends him into an absolute fury. Oh yeah, because she has not reacted to anything the way he wants her to. Uh huh. And so, so guess what he does? He does. He tell runs. Denise and. And Valerie, or whatever her name is, to get up. (laughs) And they go running away from him. And he follows her out of that room with Beaumont and Vautry sitting there. 
And so he follows her down and he sees her leave and he's like, oh, no, she fucking doesn't. And then he goes out after her, but he almost runs into her because she's marching back up the stairs to do more murder if she possibly can. (laughs) She's pissed. (laughs) She's so mad because the footman has sent away her maid and the hackney that she was going to take home. And he's stolen her umbrella, that absolute brute. And now it's going to rain. There's a thunderstorm yeah. of brewing. Yeah, it's just emotionally a walk too. It's also, an emotional thunderstorm. Also that one. Yeah. Yes. So she's like, you, you your servants are just like you. You're perfect <laughs> for each other. And he's like, where the fuck do you think you're going? Walking around in the Parisian streets or whatever. And so he follows her and she's like, I'm just going to go home. Like, you've ruined my night. You've ruined everything. This fucking blows. I really dislike you right now. And, like, go back to your... Okay. I do yeah. have to say one thing. Yeah, we got we got a little problem here. Hated this. Hated this throughout. Yeah. There is a lot of not at all subtle commentary about, like, fatness being whorish and, mm-hmm. um, like, unseemly and like yeah. blah, she blah, calls blah. sex workers cows all right she this is what that. happens jessica yeah. our, our girl our girl is upset you can read it in a way that it is about the size of their tits that they are yeah. lush and she doesn't feel that way but she does it by calling them cows and it's a problem no but it's also I feel like it was more than that just because like, it's not just this moment. It's very much like she always is like, you like them, you know, big and buxom and stupid or something Mm -hmm. like that. You know, Mm -hmm. like she, she's seen a couple of the, the different sex workers that he has employed and realizes that they have a very different body type than her. Like later on, he says that he has a, he has an appointment with like an Amazonian, um, Uh, lady and it's very much like he likes them tall and broad and stout and like you know big boobs big butts whatever and she's like he's always referring to her as like this tiny wisp or like this slip of a a spinster and like she's got her boobs are small but not when you look at her teeny tiny little waist (laughs) like she's very much She's like, she's supposed, she says that she's taller than most women, but like, that doesn't matter when you're the biggest brute that's ever happened to the world. And she's just so teeny tiny that you can pick her up with one hand. They're always talking he, about. He, I did look it up. He describes her as no more than eight stone, which is like 110 pounds. Yeah. And she's supposed to be taller than other women. And we haven't also even addressed the fact that she's supposed to have gray eyes. Yeah. All right. Because gray of course. And super black hair. Right. But you know, the most rare eyes color mm. in, in you know the human species or whatever mm-hmm. like it's all of those things right but it, it is, is really of... interesting because when you take all of that and you put it in the context of he was a disgusting reprobate that society looked down upon when he was with all of these types of women and right. then his salvation and his you know his emotional growth and all of the mm-hmm. whatever whatever happened with the one Tiny, tiny little wonderful little skinny little lady who did he can pick her up with one hand oh my god he can just throw her across the room and it's no problem problem. his whole hand spans her whole waist oh my god every time he picks her up 
Yeah. And so it, it does it does sort of smack of an underlying implication of like, oh, yeah, this is goodness and the rest of it is fucking trash. Well, okay. I mean, it leans right into that, right? Because it yeah. also goes the idea that he's considered evil and devilish right. and dirty and all those things because he's dark, right? right? It is the right. absolute he's got olive skin and black hair and black which eyes. Which makes him less than, you know, the, the English boys. Yes, exactly. Yeah. The Victorian ghosts, right? So it's right. just. It's like that is that is an also an overarching thing. It's one of those, you know, it's one of those things you have to just go. All right. Yeah. You just navigate wouldn't be it. written like that today. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. This thing was written in like the early 90s. Right. I think. Anyway. I think. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it is. A, it is a classic and classics are often. And didn't break my stride. I'll be honest with no. you. It was one no, of those I things that I could it. look at. Yeah. Yes. I clocked it and then I continued. Right. I definitely, it did not do the thing where I'm like, I cannot read this anymore. Correct. Yeah. yeah. Like it there was, was no not overt to that fat shaming. There was no, like there was, there mm-hmm. was none of that. It was just, it was just a lot of very, very muddy implications. Yes. And <laughs> I have a feeling, through. I have a feeling that at like, at the time this was written, it was also considered extremely progressive about sex workers yeah. because there is a lot of positive connotation about the choices that women in this era have. And there's, right. a, there's discussion about why a woman would or would not do, do sex work and then how to do sex worth ethically. ethically that is also yeah. a conversation. Yeah, they're, which they're referred is out of control to... considering the power men have, but you know, you know what Completely. I mean? Completely. Well, and I mean, but there is, they're referred to quite a bit as like business women. And like, there is, there is that whole commentary later on with the lawyer about like the choices women have and the, yes. like the ways in which the, the, the lack of choices they have to go to, to get any mm-hmm. kind of justice in exactly. different situations. Exactly. So, okay. And you know, so that's not relevant to our time at all. No, not at fucking all. Okay. Anyway, <clears throat> Roe v. Wade has just been overturned. So, um, okay. So she takes off her bonnet and she does start walloping him with it, which I did love. <laughs> and he's they're very walking like, down a street, by the way. They're, yeah. they're walking down a Parisian street. It's getting dark. The storm is about to start. Oh, it's a She's Bruin. a little bit lost and he knows it. Uh-huh. So he's also making fun of her and she And she's making fun of him snaps. right back. She's like, Thank you so much for escorting me, you sweet man. And he's like, I'll show you, sweet. So he does start by shaking her, I think, but then it does turn mm-hmm. into a big smoocheroo. And <laughs> he is like doing it to show, like to show her, you know? Mm-hmm. But then she does cling to him like the stickiest spider monkey that has ever happened. Like a spider monkey let loose in a taffy factory. She's on him. And he's loving it at that point. It says that like his knees go weak and he like stumbles back into a lamppost and stuff. It's nice. It's nice. It is a good one. And he has a thing where he's like, literally, he's never been held before. Yeah. Like he talks about how as soon as he left to Eaton, that was it. Like this idea of and she is just clinging to him and just gripping him and kissing his face off and mm-hmm. matching him. Oh, for yeah. The intensity. And he is like 
in Italian, just saying all the things. He is saying, I've dreamed of you. <gasps> I've wanted you in my arms from the moment I met you. I need you. And he is so horrified at this inner Italian monologue that's happening mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that he just overreacts to a crack of lightning. Yeah. They both pull away from each other. And she's like, yep. no, God damn you, Dane. And then like <laughs> runs the fuck away. Just, just fucks sprints. off into the Parisian night. That's the one. Yeah. <laughs> and then he doesn't do a goddamn thing for two whole weeks. And like, no. he doesn't, she's like, I thought maybe he was into it, but he hasn't come around or anything for two weeks, which is for the best. She thinks to herself, totally for the best. I don't even care. And then they both get invited to the same ball because now Paris is all a flutter. The ton is like Beelzebub's smitten <laughs> and like the spinster's going to get ruined. Who's got money on what? And so he's like, I don't really know what the fuck to do. And she, she her, she tells her grandmother she's not going. And Genevieve's like, you cannot do that to a man's pride. Like, you better go. <laughs> Learn how to manage a man. Yeah. I mean, and Genevieve has a point, right? Like, yes. again, a time where little options were had, you better use whatever you had. And in yeah. this case, it's you got to deal with how to manipulate without losing essentially it's yeah. what it is well and it's not I mean, great but it there's is what also it is. there's also a point uh with genevieve that's like manipulate ethically like earlier on they have a conversation mm-hmm. where she's like she's like i just described him as like handsome and virile and super rich you have an animal attraction to him and she's like he's not husband material and she's like darling i just described perfect husband Husband material material. like it's not a situation in which she is telling her to only go because of his money or whatever like you want him you you are intrigued by him you're challenged by him and so it still seems ethical to me within the bounds of like Uh, i think so yeah Yeah. i mean it's it's you know it's dating (laughs) that's what it is for real yeah and meanwhile he's in all of a tizzy at the same time as well obviously you find out that at some point in his past he was sort of tricked into fake ruination to try to get manipulated Mm -hmm. to marry and then he read the contract and the contract was terrible and he literally was like i'm not marrying this bitch you're trying to get all my money for everybody and they were like well you have to and he's like He's like, or, or we're going to shoot you. And he's like, then shoot me. And of course yeah. they did nothing. And this married her off to somebody else. But again, those reinforcement lessons that he's gotten about marriage and love and ruinations. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. But meanwhile, he's he's thinking about that kiss. He's thinking about it. Can't stop thinking about it. Yeah. And so yep. she goes to the ball because, you know, Genevieve says she had to. And she's like, yeah, you're right. God damn it. Mm-hmm. And also, I do want to see him. OK, don't tell anyone. And then he shows up at midnight and he like very dramatically comes in and he's wearing like mostly black. And oh, he's yeah. just he's just Giant, this, hulking man oh, striding. He strides. Yeah. He does not walk. No, Y'all, he just strides into rooms and then he strides out of rooms and that's it. Oh, yeah. He got one speed. It's stride. And there are ripples 
everywhere in society, no matter where he goes. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So she tries to save some dances. Okay. And it doesn't work out because he's so fucking late. And (laughs) so all of her dance card is filled up and it's this fan and he comes over and he's like, with the sticks on it, like my dance. Yeah. I keep picturing popsicle sticks. Oh, I love it. I love it. Frankly, popsicle sticks with names on them. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's not true. She's like, no, look at my fan, like right in front of his face. All of my sticks are full. <laughs> and he's like, oh, this fan, let mm-hmm. me grab it. <clears throat> snap, and he snap, just starts snap. breaking all of the things. And he's like, oh, looks like is my dance. <laughs> oh no. It's dead fan. And then he shoves, I do love the note that he shoves the fan into like a potted plant. He's just like, let me just jam it in there. It's compostable. Like, fuck this That's fan. Fine. Fuck this fern. And then he's like, let's go dance, bitch. And they do. They and do they a dance. Waltz, except it's not like a staid English waltz, everyone. It is oh, no. a continental sex waltz. Okay. It it's the yep. kind of waltz that he probably does with his tarts, and she loves it. It is like the secret, nobody's... passionate Brazilian oh. lambada. It is yes. like straight up. Remember that time? No, you don't remember. There was that whole time where everybody went crazy for the lambada in like 96. <laughs> no, but I do remember Strictly Ballroom. Strictly where, Ballroom. <laughs> where yes. he, he te- she teaches him the, why can't I, the pasadoble. No, no, they, they do a tango, but it is, in fact, the way he impresses her dad is about his is dad the teaching him the, the proper pasadoble. Yes. Because yes. he goes, Oh, you paso doble? Oh. Show me your paso doble. <laughs> and he's like, "There's no and, passion." And then, yo, it was a white boy paso doble. Oh <laughs> and then boy! He teaches him the hot Argentinian paso doble. That's the and one. And they paso doble their way to the championship. <gasps> and that it's is what bad. they're doing. Essentially, they're doing yeah. all the hottest waltzing ballroom just hurling around and my favorite part of this is the whole time she's talking she's like listen there's this farce that like you love me and i know it's not true because you don't even like me and so like i'm gonna do my best to help you out of this okay we'll dance sure but then after the dance you can just like laugh and fuck off and then everybody's gonna be like oh we were wrong she meant nothing to him mm-hmm. and then at the end of the dance he he doesn't let go of her hand and he says but jess what if they had the right of it and she's like i don't know what that uh, means me. and he's like let me take you to the sunroom and show you because it's tits yep. out in the garden time it is and you know that is how you know how plants know when you talk to them yeah they also know when your tits out Oh, it helps yeah, them. they do. Oh, they just That's... unfurl. They get, <laughs> they get They're, glossier. Plants are notorious boob species. Boob lovers. Yes. Absolutely. They want to see titties. <laughs> if you are having problems with your succulents, show them your succulents. Problem solved. <laughs> Problem solved. Oh, my God. So, so they're in this little garden area. And he and starts immediately on the gloves. Gloves off first, always. Gloves off. And then he goes in on that Italian. Tanya, oh, he's calling her Cara. And he's telling mm-hmm. to botcha May and mm, touch me up, you- Jess. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, everything sounds like really sexy pasta. Everything. Oh, God. You're just everything about tormenta it. and Cara. <sighs> and then right? she pulls away from him and she pulls his head down and she kisses that big schnoz on him. 
and then mm-hmm. she kisses his like his his cheekbone and his eye and she's just like let me kiss everything on your beautiful fucking face and he yeah. melts and he says like part of him like got stitched back together again basically because <laughs> oh. he loves him already yeah and he loves her already and they're yeah. no smoochies and, and they're, they're smooching a, a lot smooch. they're doing a big smooch and a leg hike and a and grind there's been up zero on. transaction before this you know yeah. what i mean like mm-hmm. he hasn't mm-hmm. had to s- throw a single shilling her way no and then but they he, do he's definitely he's definitely like in her like they are doing the grinds now oh hardcore yeah Yeah. Yeah. he has a hand on her knee listener yeah okay Mm -hmm. jeez Mm -hmm. her naked knee he's done doing the bodice Mm -hmm. right bodice is completely she's like she's like i thought i already understood what it was like to want to bang this dude i knew nothing because now i get it now i'm in bang mode so yeah (sighs) yeah and this is still going on and it's going on for a while. And then he pulls he lit- back and she sees like ice go over his eyeballs. And she's like, what's going on? What happened? And then she hears like a titter and a dress against a bush. And she's like, oh, my God, he's told people to come watch me be ruined. Yeah. And then we switch to his perspective and he's like, fuck this. I thought she was different, but it turns out she's just trying to set me up to make me marry her the way that every other person has done that. And this wasn't about me at all. Yep. And so he freaks out and he does a lash out. That's he like, does a major lash out. He throws her skirts down and he says, why would I buy the cow if I got the milk gratis? Oh, which like, no, that first of all, that phrase has never made any goddamn sense. It hasn't made any sense. No, although I mean, it's really honestly. funny when used in, you know, now times. OK, so yesterday <laughs> we were at like a home goods or something and I was I was putting Xiaomi back in the car and Michael was waiting for me because we were really close to the other car. He was waiting for me to like get her buckled in so that he could go past me into the seat. And I come out afterwards because I'm all bent over. And I was like, wow, not a single feel up, huh? Wow. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> so we're, we're like making fun of each other back up to the seats. And I get in and he's like, I bought the cow. I'm, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's really funny. Oh, no. <laughs> I can I do mean- that anytime I want. <laughs> I, I do I do have to say I do have to say I get I get why they want to do that metaphor I get that mm-hmm. that metaphor has been used but like it is so dumb it's so and it's so dumb and weird yeah and if anybody truly like if anybody if any listener if listener is like well I mean but maybe it's like it works because why would you and I just want to point out that that's like saying why buy the book when you can go to the library for free. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, some books you want to keep forever, mm-hmm. like forever, ever, that's as opposed one. to just reading it once and then yeah. saying that was a nice read. 
So <laughs> if yeah. we're going to extend this metaphor longer, mm-hmm. but he is live, he's livid. Cause he's like, am I supposed to announce that we're engaged now because yeah. of this blah, blah, blah. Am I supposed to just turn around and be like, we're good. And she's well, because like, she says, you have to help me out of this. Yeah. And what we find out she means is that she wants him to threaten the fucking daylights out of these people and be like, you saw fucking nothing. You will tell yeah, no exactly. one about anything or I will to fuck use you his up. mean reputation. Yeah. Yes. And he, and he thinks, thinks right, we have that to get she's married trying now. And so she says, this is really unworthy of you. And it's really unforgivable that you're doing this to me. And he says, then shoot me <gasps> and walks out. And so now she's again, tits out trying to do whatever. <laughs> Vautry, his friend comes over and he's like, oh, I tried to do a big distract, but it didn't work. Didn't work. And I'm yeah. really sorry. Here's my coat. Like, can I get you a carriage? <laughs> oh, no. And she's like, just get me the fuck out of here. Yeah. She's I'm just done. like, go get my grandmother. I'm not going to faint. I'm not going to do any hysterical things. What I am going to do is very methodically think about what he's done and what he should be punished for and how <laughs> he should be punished. And then here's the moment the book truly, truly got me. When I say true, like I was like, I gave this author $5.99 of my monies and I want to give her $5.99 more because this bitch sits on this for a amount of like days because she is just like, how bad is it? And it's bad. And she bad. knows it's bad. And so she goes, enough's enough. And she picks an outfit. And this is important. When conducting revenge, you've got to dress the part. What one wears? It is actually okay. We're gonna take it back to the (gasps) classic movie Showgirls for a second. Yes, a movie that if you have never seen it, you must see the camp classic that is Mm. Showgirls. Mm -hmm. But at one point, she is going to avenge her best friend who has been horribly Mm. assaulted. Yep. But she can't do that until she gets her nails painted appropriately. She paints her own giant long nails very elaborately. And they are her revenge nails. They are her talons. (laughs) And she doesn't (laughs) use the nails in the revenge. That's not the point. The point is she had to satirical revenge choices. And that's what she does in this book. Jessica picks a dark red gown. It is buttoned up buttoned to her neck all the way up. She has a black <laughs> shawl draped over her head like a mantilla. It's, yes. <laughs> draped over and her head and shoulders. Yes. Yeah, like she is just she has done a whole look for this revenge. Oh. And she marches into his house and shoots him. <laughs> One of his friends is like, Mademoiselle, Mademoiselle, <laughs> you don't need to do this. And she says, say your prayers, Dane. And he whispers, Jess. And then she shoots she him. Shoots him. She it's shoots incredible. him. She has had enough, and she shoots his ass. Oh, this is where I'm leaving you. Yeah, right here. I can't help it. I'm a cruel mistress sometimes. Next week, we'll be back with the conclusion of Lord of Scoundrels. So if you haven't yet, do yourself a favor. This is really me being very nice to you because this gives you the opportunity to read the book. So keep being a badass and love yourself as much as you love sassafras and idiosyncratic. Ah, so many thousands of pounds on so little toothpicks. Bye.
Hey, you. Yes, listener, you. Are you loving the show? If so, please leave a rating and review in your podcast app. The 90 seconds you take to say something nice not only helps new people find the show, but it makes me super smile over at HBHQ. Also, I've had a few people ask, and the answer is yes. We are still doing the five-star bribe. If you leave us a review with five stars, then we'll do whatever book you want. We're real, real deep into the list, though, so it might be a while. Ah! Lilas! Okay, back to the show.